This is Warrior Podcast, changing the world by introducing warriors to the warrior God. I'm your host, Elizabeth Andrade, here with Connor Shanahan. As of now, this podcast is being recorded on election day. Because of this, we just want to take a moment to honor the complexity of the situation and just give everybody a space to take a deep breath. Literally, take a deep breath. And that's well said, to honor the complexity of this moment, of this space. And in that, we want to do two things. One, to, to most simply do just that, to honor, to recognize, and to create space to acknowledge that a lot of us have had fear, a lot of us have had some anxiety, a lot of us have struggled with anger and frustration and feeling like we want to rip the hair off of our scalp during this election season. And then we want to secondly move from just simply recognizing that, simply acknowledging a little shout out to our first episode that those emotions are valid. Definitely. They're valid and they're understandable. And this is a contested, complex, stressful time. And also, number two, we want to simply remind you, the warrior. Jesus is still king. Jesus is still king. Jesus has not fallen off of his throne. Jesus has not stopped ruling and reigning over the cosmos. And the same God who rules and reigns over the entire cosmos, the same God who spoke the entire universe into being by his very word, sees you. And and he sees your anxiety. He sees your fear. And he knows you. And he's inviting you into deeper relationship with him. He's inviting you to lay those fears and anxieties at his feet so that he can take those from you, so that he can bless you, so that he can reveal more of his goodness and his presence and his working in ministry in your life to you. And he loves you. He loves you. He loves you so much that he provided the means through Jesus Christ that you could be reconciled to him and that you could take part in his mission of making all things right in the world. So as of this recording, as you said, Elizabeth, we don't know. We don't know the outcome of this election. But what we do know is that Jesus will not cease being king. Jesus Jesus is not going to fall off of his throne. He's not going to lose one ounce of power and sovereignty and providential rule and reign over this universe per the results of tonight. And may we simply be encouraged by that. Obviously, we don't want to be ignorant. We want to be good citizens. And, and for warriors, this, this hits a little different because this is potentially a new commander-in-chief or potentially remaining with the current commander-in-chief, President Trump, that, that we have at the moment. And, and so we, we want to honor that space again. And also, we want to continually remind ourselves that as Jesus is king, he rules and reigns over, over his people, that, that Jesus will sustain us, that Jesus has promised that even the gates of hell will not stand against the church. So Christians and, and the church, the capital C global church, Christianity has always flourished in seasons and periods of persecution. When, when things get hard in the world, Christianity flourishes, and that's because our God literally rose from the dead. Nothing can stop him. And because nothing can stop Jesus, nothing can stop us. So God sees you. He knows you. He loves you. He's not going to stop ruling and reigning, regardless of the outcome of this election, regardless of what happens in the days forthcoming. Uh, We can trust that Jesus is king. We can trust that he is ruling and reigning. We can trust that he will hold all things together. And whether it was the outcome that we anticipated or not, that is the message that we can cling to for sure and remind ourselves daily of those truths. On last week's podcast, we were talking about what does God will for our life? This is kind of a continuation of that because today we want to discuss about how can we hear God specifically? Last week, we kind of talked more about a general idea of what God wants for our life, which is sanctification within the confines of the Bible. uh, We have 
freedom to choose what we want to do to serve God. But this week we want to talk about specifically, how do we know if it's God talking to us or if it's just our own thoughts? Yeah, it's a big question, you know, and and as you said, like what we talked about last week, God's will for your life is sanctification, which means becoming more like Christ over a long period of time. And the biggest piece in that that we discussed last week is, is this relationship, right? This relationship with God, growing closer to him, learning more about God, therefore loving him more. And out of that knowledge and love, then knowing and loving your neighbor more. So in that relationship with God piece, what then does it look like to hear his voice? And I think that's a big question for Christians. As as warriors, as Christians seek to know the Lord more, there is, I think, a clear invitation from God to hear his voice. And that makes us nervous, right? If we can just be honest, that makes us nervous. What does it look like to hear God's voice? How do I know I'm not just going crazy? How do I know what's what my thoughts are versus what, what God's thoughts are and what God wants me to do? And it relates to that question that we talked about last week, to your point of what's God's will for my life? What does God want me to do? And how do we hear his voice? And, and so, yeah, we pray that this will be a helpful, again, deep breath conversation that a lot of times we place too much pressure on ourselves trying to perfect the Christian life, when in reality, the Christian life is not at all about what we do, but it's all about what has been done for us through Christ. Right. So how do we know if it's our thoughts or not? I mean, the Bible is pretty clear and many, many examples where it talks about how the the human mind and heart are deceitful. So I think it would be very important to see how can we discern between our minds and the voice of the Lord? I mean, I don't know. Do you have an example of that in, in your life? I definitely do. And I also want to just just give you an applause because you just said a controversial statement that I absolutely love. The human heart is deceitful. And that's true. That's true. We see that in Jeremiah. Jer- the prophet Jeremiah literally is screaming that message on repeat, saying, guys, don't trust your heart. Don't follow your heart. But how often do we hear this message in culture of, of follow your heart, right? All the time. It's rampant. Yeah, it is. It is. And yet I think the the benefit and the privilege that we have as Christians is that we can follow the Spirit and that we have access to the throne of God the Father through Jesus Christ, and we are empowered by the Holy Spirit to follow God, to hear from God, and to enjoy God. So I appreciate you saying that. That's a cool, controversial statement, but it's true, and, and it's worth repeating that. Human beings, as we've covered, right, we have spent extensive time in the story of the Bible. So because of what happened in Genesis 3, Even though humanity was created in Genesis 1 to flourish in God's great paradise, to dwell with him forever, because of Genesis 3, because of the disobedience of mankind, all of us now are naturally disobedient. And the parents out there are giving me a hearty amen, and I see you and I appreciate you, Mama. I see you and appreciate (laughs) you, Dad. We are naturally disobedient. And so we as human beings are never going to naturally drift towards righteousness. We're never going to naturally drift towards God. That kind of ties back into the whole idea of sanctification. Exactly. Exactly. It is. It is. It all relates. This idea of sanctification that God wants us to to know him more, to love him more, to grow closer to him. And so instead of just following our natural, you know, disobedient ways, instead of following our naturally disobedient heart, we as Christians have the privilege of following the spirit. And it's, it's not a maze to be solved because the spirit wants to reveal to us the beauty of the sun. And, and the Spirit and the Son want to bring praise and honor to the Father, that our one triune God, one divine essence in three distinct persons, desire to reveal himself to us. Um, now, as you said, though, let me tell you a story, Elizabeth. <laughs> I'm ready for this Let one. me tell you a story, <laughs> okay. warrior. Buckle up for this one. If you want to talk about 
What does it look like to hear God's voice? Unfortunately, it might seem easier to talk about what it doesn't look like. (laughs) (laughs) There might be an easier example there. So a few years ago, I was in Virginia. I was serving in the Virginia Army National Guard. That was the beginning of my military career. And there was this one gentleman who, with all due respect, was just a rather interesting character, right? Now, where I was in Virginia, I was in rural Virginia, so it had a very southern feel to it, right? Mm -hmm. So, so Elizabeth, you're from Texas. You're tried and true. Well, I know what you're talking about. You've probably heard people, (laughs) though, say that Virginia is not part of the South. Have you ever heard someone say that? Uh, Yes, I have. Yeah, that's kind of of the vibe Mm -hmm. that Southerners, quote-unquote, deep South Southerners give to Virginia. Let me give you a little fun fact. Not that I'm at all allegiant, you know, not that my allegiance is at all sworn to the state of Virginia, but... This is what they would always say. In the Civil War, the state that lost the most lives in the Confederacy was Virginia. Huh. Virginia gave the most men to that cause, I guess. Mm-hmm. And so that's what they would claim, that they are the most hardcore Southerners on the planet Earth, perhaps. I did not know that. Yeah, fun fact. It has nothing to do with, with anything that we're talking about. But a little history, a little history for you, perhaps, Warrior. You're welcome. So anyway, so I'm serving in in this kind of southern field, this kind of rural field. So uh, I say that to say a lot of these men that I was serving with had grown up in church. They had something of a cultural understanding of what it means to be a Christian, that they would go to church on Sunday and try to do the right things. And they had heard perhaps of this Jesus Christ. And one of these guys, one of these gentlemen who, again, was, a, was an interesting character, apparently one day, and I did not know this guy well, to be fair, but this was a very popular story because many of the people that I served with knew this guy very well. He one day heard, apparently, from, from his perspective, heard the voice of God tell him to mount up, to armor up, and to head to Virginia Beach because an ISIS invasion was coming and he was to defend the United States and to destroy everyone who was trying to invade the United States. Now, unfortunately, this gentleman did just that and he grabbed all his guns and he armored up and he headed over to Virginia Beach and he posted up, <laughs> you know, he, he just he just dug in, oh, man. dug in a little foxhole and was ready, was ready to defend the good old US of A. Unfortunately, walking around Virginia Beach with some heavy-duty weaponry will get you arrested. And that's exactly what happened. (laughs) So this guy gets arrested, and obviously it's this big story. And I'm sure you could go find this, a quick Google search, you could find this story. So I didn't know this guy well, to be honest with you. I don't want to be insensitive, but I was just confused by the whole story, of course. However, what really burdened me was the fact that so many of the men that I served with that knew this guy really, really well, and a lot of these guys— were Christians. A lot of these guys claimed that they knew Jesus Christ, that they were in church. And what they told me was, well, it didn't end well for him, but at least he heard the voice of God and he was faithful. So there's obviously some kind of problem here. I think there's a massive problem there. And and that was what broke my heart. And so here is our, you know, just bottom line up front. Here's our secret key, our secret weapon to hearing the voice of God and understanding the voice of God. The voice of God will never contradict scripture. The voice of God, the Holy Spirit speaking to you, will always fall in line with scripture. So what does that practically look like? And we'll break this down in a minute here and talk more practically about what this looks like. But if I'm this gentleman or if I'm privileged enough to be able to be a trusted person to speak into this gentleman's life who was arrested in Virginia Beach, 
And he tells me that he hears the voice of God. What's my obligation then? My obligation is to love him well, to, to listen to him well, to ensure that he feels loved and listened to and, and honored in that space. And also to help him understand that the voice of God will never contradict scripture. And so just a quick, you know, working knowledge of scripture, a quick Google search, maybe. <laughs> all right. Quick little Google or quick little search in your Bible app might just bring you to Romans chapter 12, in which the Apostle Paul writes this and starting in verse 14, bless those who persecute you. Bless and do not curse. Rejoice with those who rejoice. Weep with those who weep. Live in harmony with one another. Do not be proud. Instead, associate with the humble. Do not be wise in your own estimation. Here we go. Verse 17. Key in here. This is crucial. Do not repay anyone evil for evil. Give careful thought to do what is honorable in everyone's eyes. If possible, as far as it depends on you, live at peace with everyone. And again, verse 19. This is also key. Friends. Do not avenge yourselves. Instead, leave room for God's wrath because it is written, vengeance belongs to me. I will repay, says the Lord. But if your enemy is hungry, feed him. If he is thirsty, give him something to drink. For in doing so, you will be reaping fiery coals on his head. Do not be conquered by evil, but conquer evil with good. That to me does not seem to be co-signing the mission of going and defending the United States by yourself as a private citizen with your private armory. And what's interesting is in context, right? Because obviously a lot of Christians don't like that passage. Mm-hmm. This is this is a tough passage for us to wrestle with. Especially if you're a warrior. Especially warriors. Especially warriors. Trust me, I feel this too. I feel the tension here. And I know that you feel the tension here, warrior. I know that you want to provide for people. And, and let me address specifically the warriors in a second. But to illustrate, like in, in verse 19 of chapter 12 of Paul's letter to the church at Rome, do not avenge yourselves. Instead, leave room for God's wrath. So that, I think, is the clear call for the Christian. What is interesting is that the next chapter is Romans 13. In Romans 13, then, Paul starts by saying, let everyone submit to the governing authorities. We're going off track here, but stay with me because I think it's important to the point that we brought up. God has ordained government as a good thing. Institutions, government, military, police are good institutions that God has ordained to promote order, to promote human flourishing, and to defend against evil in the world. Okay, And so what's interesting is in in Romans 12, 9, friends, do not avenge yourselves. Instead, leave room for God's wrath. In verse 4 of Romans 13, then, the Apostle Paul writes, for uh, government is God's servant for your good. But if you do wrong, be afraid, because it does not carry the sword for no reason. For it is God's servant, an avenger that brings wrath on the one who does wrong. So there is a place for you, warrior, in your official capacity as part of an institution ordained by God, as part of a government, as part of the military, as part of a law enforcement organization that follows the law. There is a place for that, right? There is a there is a great need. Obviously, this podcast exists for you. Everything that we do here exists for the warriors. So we believe that God has ordained government and military and law enforcement to restrain and defend against evil in the world. And the unfortunate thing that was happening with this man that you knew is that he was not operating under the way that God had ordained these things to be. Exactly. Exactly. He was operating just as Adam and Eve were. He was pursuing human flourishing outside of the bounds that God has ordained for human flourishing. 
And so that would be just a quick, you know, kind of a heavy example perhaps, but I think important one because, you know, it can be easy for us to buy into a story like that and say, well, he heard the voice of God and he was doing the right thing and he was faithful to the Lord. But really, if we want to be faithful to the Lord and we want to honor the Spirit speaking to us in that space, we're going to have to be students of Scripture. And we're going to have to know what God says in His Word. And we're going to have to submit everything that we hear, everything that we do, and everything that we speak in line with God's Word. We are going to have to take our jobs as theologians seriously. Absolutely we are, Elizabeth. Well said. Well said. Uh, but what about you? What about you? How do, you? do you feel like you have had a moment as we consider what it looks like to hear from the Lord, perhaps in a positive light now, ideally? <laughs> we've, we've covered the negative. We've covered what it looks like to do this wrong. We've instituted our one rule to help us hear the voice of God, to help us understand God's voice um, by saying that God's voice will never contradict his written voice, what he has uh, explicitly revealed to us in Scripture. So as we consider that, is there any moments in your life that come to mind where you feel like you have heard the voice of God? I do, actually. And this is this is something that happened to me actually now about a year ago. So a little bit of context for this story is that I have grown up in Dallas, Texas, and I've lived there pretty much all my life except for a brief stint in Brazil when I got married. So we had come back to America, come back to my hometown of Dallas, Texas, and this is where I would tell everybody, I want to stay in Texas unless God takes me out of Texas. I don't want to leave. If it's my choice, I'm staying here. You know, my husband and I, we had settled down. We had found a church home, and I was like, finally, yes, this is this is what I wanted. This is everything that I prayed for, and it's all going to go so smoothly from here. So... Um, there was a day, and I, I tend to be an emotional person, very emotional. So sometimes I just get really excited about things, and there was just this sermon. I don't remember exactly what it was that motivated me to be so, I don't know, emotional, but <laughs> I think it was a sermon, and I, I was just pouring out my heart to my husband, Mario, and just telling him how much I love God, and I just, I remember specifically stating, I will go wherever God sends me, not thinking that there was a possibility to be sent out of Texas. So, not but 24 hours later, my husband receives the job opportunity of his lifetime. Like It, it would have been the job of his dreams to your hometown, almost your hometown in Connecticut, Connor. <laughs> Unbelievable. Unbelievable. And this and this happened like, what, just a month after we had met or just like yes. while the time that we had just met? Yes, it was, it was crazy because I remember at that time I was thinking, man, we just got settled into a church home and we just got to know you and Madeline and I was so excited about it. And then all of a sudden, boom, job opportunity to Connecticut. So, wow. uh, <laughs> so I was a little bit taken back, but then I had to stop and think. And I, I heard, I remember I was taking some time to pray and I, I had a thought in my head and I just knew, I knew that it was God because it was just one of those things that just clicked in my head. And uh, the thought was, were you serious when you said that you would go anywhere that I sent you? Wow. And it was just like one of those moments where I was like, man, okay. So, um, I had to humble myself and I had to say, okay, Lord, if this is, if this is what you want, that's what I said. And I, I mean it. So, uh, my husband and I took some time to pray and I just kind of gave up my, gave my desire to stay in Texas to God and, um, just said, you know, wherever you lead us. And after some time of praying, we actually decided that we felt that the Lord was calling us to stay here. My husband and I decided that, um, 
for now. So <laughs> we don't know what the future will hold, but we did end up feeling like God wanted us to be here for now. Yeah, that's amazing. Thank you so much for sharing that story with us. Yeah, no problem. And it's so crazy. Yeah, just, I mean, on a surface level of like, you probably never heard of Connecticut before. All of a sudden you meet a friend from Connecticut and then all of a sudden you get a job offer from Connecticut. <laughs> it just had the Lord's hand all written all over it. Like there's no way you could deny that. <laughs> so it's so wild. But what, what I love most about you sharing that story is that I think it highlights God's heart in all of this. And like God's heart in speaking to us is not to test us. Like I don't think you were being tested there. Right. Mm-hmm. And, you know, who knows? But the way you told that story was wonderful. And I think what's clear there is that I think God was inviting you to know him more inviting you into deeper relationship with him. And so that question of like, do you mean it, Elizabeth? Do you mean it? Are you willing to risk everything for me? Is not a test, but it's an invitation to experience closer relationship with God. It's an invitation to, as Jesus said, pick up your cross and follow him wherever, wherever he would take you, knowing that he is enough, knowing that he is worth it, and knowing that he has Uh, ordained that journey for you and that he will equip you in it. So I love that. I love that. And I think that that paints the picture perfectly of of why God speaks to us. He speaks to us because he loves us, because we're part of his family and his kingdom, and he wants us to know him more. Right. And I'm so glad that you said that, because looking back now, I don't consider it a test at all. It It wasn't like one of those things like, follow me or else. It was I had to truly die to my deceitful heart and realize that God has my best interests in mind. Mm, that's so good. In, in the way that he sees fit. And if I am willing to trust that, then I will flourish. So I think it was a great experience for me to learn and to have a deeper relationship with the Lord. That's so good. Yeah, that's so well said. And, and that, that puts the exclamation point on everything we talked about last week where God's will for us is not to find the perfect job or to move to the perfect place or to move to the perfect town and find the perfect friends. God's will for us is to find him. And as we find him and as we know him and as we love him, we are free to make those choices. But when situations like this happen, when quote unquote doors are opened, doors are closed, I don't think that those are tests. I think that that is as you just beautifully said, an invitation from God to know him more and to grow closer to him in relationship. I often hear people maybe wondering or asking, like, how does God speak to us? I I think in my experience that he often speaks to people differently within the guidelines of scripture. But I mean, has that been your experience? Definitely. I agree with that 100%. It might sound scandalous, but I think we see that in scripture. I think we see God using different means to speak to people. You know, I think of the burning bush. The Lord used the burning bush to speak to Moses. The Lord used uh, Balaam's donkey to speak, right? The Lord used astronomy. The Lord used mm-hmm. uh, the signs in the sky, the stars to lead people to Jesus Christ when he was born. So I think God uses different means to speak to people. But of course, we're always going to come back to our our number one and only rule of what it looks like to hear God's voice is that it, it has to align with scripture. And that if what you're hearing is aligning with scripture, I think there's a good chance that that is the Lord indeed speaking to you. But yes, I know a guy who is a pastor and he he feels like his call to ministry happened after he heard an audible voice. He was hiking and praying in the woods and he heard an audible voice telling him that he was going to be a pastor. And, um, and he then became a pastor. So, you know, I think that God does speak in ways like that. And yet I also have friends who are more creative and, and, and they feel like the Lord speaks to them in pictures. Like the Lord might give them a picture in their mind 
to reveal a truth to them or to compel them to reach out to somebody or to, you know, press into that relationship with the Lord. So I do think that there are kind of various means through which God will speak to his people. But of course, we're going to continue with him because that could sound difficult to to people who are not used to thinking through this way. If you're not used to thinking through the lens of what it looks like to hear God's voice, trust me, I've been there. And I know that you are screaming right now that we need to be students of scripture. And I agree with you. And I wholeheartedly co-sign that sentiment that we need to root everything that we hear uh, in line with scripture. And on that note, like I think that most often how we can distinguish God's voice from our own is as we've kind of we've hinted at and discussed a bunch here on just not just today in this conversation. But if you are like if you feel compelled to do something that is holy, if you feel compelled to do something that is godly, that's God's voice speaking to you, right? Like you're never you're never gonna have just like a random impulse in your heart on your own of, hey, I should probably pray right now. Mm-hmm. Or, hey, I should open up to this this book in the Bible right now. Or, um, hey, I should text this person right now and tell them that I'm praying for them. Or I should pray for this stranger right now on the street. You're never in your flesh, in your heart, in your natural disobedient human state. You're never going to have a random compulsion to do righteousness, to do what is good, to, to do what is holy, to do what is godly. And so when slash if you ever feel the urge to do those things, that's God's voice. That's God speaking to you. That's God inviting you to participate in his mission to make all things right in the world. So I think that that is is a helpful practice. Like if someone, if you warrior asking the question, what does this look like practically? I think that's what it looks like. If you feel an urge to text somebody that you haven't talked to in a while, I think that's God's voice speaking to you. If you feel the urge to pray with somebody, if you feel an urge suddenly to pray for somebody, if you suddenly feel a strange sensation or get a picture or feel like someone is telling you to say something kind, to say something godly, to say something that lifts up Christ to somebody, I think that's God's voice. Perhaps you might get an urge. I've had the urge before to share the gospel with a stranger, to just tell them that Jesus knows them and loves them and, and died so that they could be reconciled to the Father. And I think that, that is, that's never going to come from you. <laughs> with all due respect, that's never going to come from you. That's always going to be God's voice. So within the framework of interpreting all things in light of Scripture, that's significant. That needs to be at the forefront. And, and as you consider that as well, one practical implication of what that looks like for you, warrior, is uh, if you feel the compulsion or feel an urge to do something that's good and right and godly and makes much of the name of Jesus Christ, that is almost most certainly God's voice inviting you to participate in his kingdom. I just had another thought too. Um, I remember a specific time in my life too, when I was praying and trying to hear God's voice. Um, like try, just, I was just desperate to hear something from God. And something happened that kind of changed my perspective. Like I knew this because I've been raised in the church. So like I knew it, but I didn't understand it. And that was that like every time we read the Bible, that is also God speaking to us. I mean, it is called the word of God. So when we open the Bible and read it, I mean, that is God's word. That is God speaking to us. And I think that, I think at least for me, is very easy to neglect the reading of scripture because it's hard and it seems like sometimes studying, but that is one surefire way to hear from the Lord is by reading scripture. Surefire way. Love that. Absolutely. And, and you're spot on that. Yeah, we definitely want to be sympathetic, like to the warrior. If you feel like maybe you've never heard from God, when is the last time that you opened the scriptures? When's the last time that you asked 
God to speak to you as you were reading the scripture. Maybe you just open up to the book of John and just read John's account of Jesus's life. And maybe maybe you can do that this afternoon. And maybe you ask the Holy Spirit to speak to you. And um, I think you'll be shocked uh, at the fact that our God is living. <laughs> yeah. And he will. He will do those things. And he will speak to you. And he will answer those prayers. But a very, very important point. Thank you for bringing that up, Elizabeth, that God has, has spoken to us in, in his word. And anytime we feel dry, anytime we feel like we haven't heard from God in a while, or if we ever feel like we are in a season of not hearing from God, I think that is an invitation to open the book, to open the scriptures, and to ask the Spirit of God to speak and to reveal himself. Thank you for listening to us. If you want to trust in Christ, or if you want to learn more about making him the authority over your life, or if you want to learn more about us, Send us a message on our Instagram at WGMHQ. That's WGMHQ. We will make sure that someone gets in touch with you. This has been Warrior Podcast with Connor Shanahan. Warrior God Ministries' mission is to change the world by making disciples among military members and first responders and equipping them to be disciple makers and missionaries in their respective communities for the glory of Jesus Christ.